0: morning, let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 5. Man, thanks for being here. I just want to say, right, of, of issues you've dealt with this week, getting ready for the holiday, you know, sometimes getting up and coming to church takes a lot, and um, we're better because you're here. So don't take for granted your effort. It's a gift to the church and to the body of Christ those of you who are going to be baptized in water in a few minutes, I want to ask you to go ahead and head towards the back and you can meet Normandy Berry and Pastor Mauricio is headed that way. So go ahead. If you're a baptism participant, go and check in with them and we'll see you in just a few minutes and it will be great to celebrate with you guys. Hey guys, our church is is being led by the Lord. Uh, to make a huge difference in this area. And this is what we're looking to do. We're looking 100 years down the road. 100 years from now, from this property, Jesus is gonna be proclaimed, unless he comes back again. If he comes back again, we wanna be there with him. So praise God for that. So we're ready for him to return, but we're planning long-term. And God has given us a special opportunity. So you're part of that. Whether you've been here for years Or whether you're checking things out today or whether you're visiting with someone. The fact that you're part of this service is you're part of something special God's doing through this church. And what we're called to do is we're called to cultivate small groups. We're called to equip the next generation. We're called to discover partners. And we're called to embody mission. Those are the things that we're going to do. And so thank God for this opportunity we have together. I'm finishing a three-week series. This is the third week, and we're talking about uh, crowns, and these are New Testament rewards that God has identified through scripture. It's not connected with salvation, because salvation is something we don't ever earn. We receive salvation. No one is ever good enough to earn their way to heaven. Jesus, he paid the price for our sins, and he's allowed us given us access to heaven and that's why we worship him that's why we honor him today but the new testament identifies different crowns are there rewards and so we've looked at these different rewards because we all need some motivation sometimes we all need we all need some motivation to say like what can we receive from the lord that we discovered we will get back to the lord i want to give back to the lord my best effort i want to give back to the lord endurance and finishing and ministry and all the good things. And so that's what crowns are all about. I won't, I won't re-preach uh, the last two weeks sermons. Can someone say amen to that? Is that a good thing? Uh, but I would love for you to go back and watch them on YouTube. It's always exciting. It's always a blessing to get a new YouTube subscriber. So uh, find CIL Church there and, and you, you can have access to years worth of sermons there for free, huh? just like Jesus. He's free. Uh, we talked about crown number one, the crown of victory. This was effort. Um, We talked about crown number two, the crown of joy, which is people. We talked about about the crown of righteousness, which is finishing an assignment God's given us. So you can go back and either watch those sermons or listen to them on podcast and get the details about that. So we'll talk about the, the next two crown four and crown five today. You guys, I've been a pastor a long time. I mean, don't let my young looks fool you. In fact, this January, it'll be 28 years I've been a pastor. It'll be 18 years I've been a senior pastor. I didn't, yeah, um, so praise God for that, and I love it. I love it. I love the opportunity to uh, serve God, serve you guys. Um, and really, I, I'm friends with a lot of other pastors, and I know, man, I am blessed to be at this church. I mean, this church... You guys don't, you don't give, many, give us any problems, man. You guys are a great congregation. But through the years, hey, there's been some tough things about being in the ministry, right? Just like your job. You got some tough things about your job too, right? So I'm not special in that. But there, there are some tough things about being a pastor. And, and that just comes with any calling. The reward is much, much greater. Well, a lot of you know this. Earlier in the summer... Uh, I took a group to Israel. It was a, uh, an amazing trip. I had looked forward to it uh, my whole life. It was my first time and I felt like the Lord had told me that once I went, the first time I would start going back multiple times uh, that 's a little bit in question right now uh, with what 's happening, so we continue to pray for uh, peace there and, and support israel and, and that uh, tragedy of that, that war that 's occurring right now. But back in June, we were there, and I was looking forward to the whole trip. But there was one thing that I was not really looking forward to. I'm a little embarrassed to tell you what it is and tell you why. Uh, I was not looking forward to the water baptisms. And it was for a really silly reason. I had seen lots of pictures about water baptisms uh, and, you know, different people had been to Israel. And I didn't want to wear one of those white robes. I was like, I mean, listen, I I had my first baptism and we know that we, we only really need one baptism. And sometimes we get baptized a second time because we're in Israel or because the Holy Spirit's moving us, but we know we don't have to be baptized multiple times because Jesus saved us once, All right. And so that's, so I was like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to get baptized or not because I really don't want to wear the white robe. And I even was thinking about like a workaround uh, and I brought me some, like some extra, like a black t-shirt and stuff so I wouldn't have to wear the white robe. Well, the way it was set up, you just had to wear the white robe. Okay, you, you had to wear it. And so, um, in fact, you can put this picture up. And this is of actually Beth baptizing me at the Jordan River. But there's a guy in the background, the smallest guy. That's my brother-in-law, Scott, standing there. But the little small guy in the back is Dr. Charles Galden. He, he was the interim pastor here before I became the pastor. And now we're really, we're, we are very close friends. He was one of my professors in seminary. And so we're really close friends. And so we both had our white robes on and we were the first two in the water with our group. And uh, Charles is really just a profound, wise guy. He's funny, but he also says some things that really, really hit you. So as we're getting into the water, and I'm uh, being humiliated for the gospel in my white robe, just joking, uh, uh, Charles said something. He said, Aaron, he goes, you know, ministry can be tough sometimes, and being a pastor can be tough. He said, but moments like this, he said, this is something money can't buy. And he said, "Yeah, the presence of the Holy Spirit came over me, and, and the Lord gave me a word for each person I baptized, except for Paul Jackson, and that's a story too. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, because it's one of the funniest stories. I, like, the Lord was giving me a special word for each person. I've known Paul for like 27 years, and I'm like, this is great that I'm going to get a chance to baptize Paul, and I had nothing for him. So I was like, Paul, I love you, appreciate you. We dunked Paul, we sent him out. Well, I found out later that uh, Paul has some kind of allergy that Deborah has to wash his clothes with special detergent. And when he had the white robe on and he went into the water, it was like bees were stinging him because he had an a, a allergic reaction. I'm laughing. You guys were like, oh, that's sad. <laughs> and so I'm like sitting there thinking, Lord, you've not given me a word for Paul. But the word was no word because he needed to get out of the water. I guess the great word would have been, Paul, I sense you have an allergy right now, and be healed in the name of Jesus. That would have been really cool. That would have been a better story. So anyway, here I am uh, giving additional stories when I have less time to preach today. (laughs) Why does that happen? I'm on on halfway through page one of the notes. So I I say all of this because, like your job, ministry can be tough. Here's the the crown number four we're going to talk about today. It's the crown of glory the crown of glory, and that's for those involved in ministry. It specifically, it talks about elders and pastors, but I certainly believe that it's for those of you who shepherd through 242 groups, who shepherd through your Awana small groups, who shepherd through uh, being a, a youth staff, leading a youth staff small group, that there is a special reward for those who hear the call to ministry and engage in that. So 1 Peter chapter 5 uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 5. I exhort the elders among you as, fellow, as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being, an example, being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject, be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There it was in verse four. And the chief shepherd will, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. And so I believe there's a reward for those of us who choose to follow God's call into ministry. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about this today because it, it is the only crown of the five crowns that, that applies to specific people. But I want to say this today, something that, that I reflected on this week, we don't emphasize enough anymore. We used to early in my ministry when I was a youth pastor, we used to talk about the call to ministry. The call to be a pastor, teacher, prophet, apostle, evangelist. A call. It's not a job. It's a call. It's not attached to compensation. It's it's not about you taking a personality test and having... Uh, a career advice counselor saying, oh, you would be a good pastor. You you would enjoy working for a church. It is a sense of call from the Lord. And maybe some of you haven't considered that call and you should explore it. Sometimes we consider the call, we explore it, and we discover that call is not for me, but it still is beneficial to explore the call. Maybe someone in here, someone watching, is resisting the call to ministry. Maybe some are, are not valuing the call to ministry. And, and you have, your life is, is built around ministry, but you're, you're thinking about other things and you're not being diligent to your call. So I want you to consider that today. But this is what I really feel like every person should do today. I want you to mark this scripture 1 Peter chapter 5 verses 1 through 5 and especially chapter 4 and I really believe this that there, there is a whole lot of ministry that's about to be released right now because sometime in the future whether it's this week or whether it's 10 years from now you're going to encounter someone in the ministry who is discouraged or overlooked or feels forgotten or is feels not appreciated, and I, I promise you, this is what I feel like the Lord wants you to do. There's gonna come a time, I want you to either take your Bible or take your phone with, with, that has the scripture and read this passage over over that elder, pastor, ministry leader who needs encouragement. And I just feel like, I just saw this in my heart, my mind, that you guys You're not gonna point them to the sermon like go watch Aaron's sermon on YouTube or listen to it. You're gonna get your Bible out and you're gonna read 1 Peter 5, one through five over someone in the future. And it's going to have great impact on their life. Would you have an open heart to that? Would you have an open heart to how the Lord might use the power of scripture spoken from one believer to another? And would you consider that call that might be on your life. Rewards. Why do we need rewards? God designed us to want a reward to get us through hard stuff. So why does a soldier endure boot camp? I don't know because I've never been a soldier. Why does a woman endure childbirth? I don't know either for obvious reasons. It happens Because though there's pain, there's reward. There's graduation for the soldier. And there's a child for the mom afterwards. So the pain, the pain that is temporary is endured because the reward is overwhelmingly great. And this is how our walk with the Lord is. We're not just trying to keep out of hell We're on this life with God where the kingdom starts now, inaugurated through Jesus. And when salvation, when we're aware of salvation and we submit to Jesus, then his kingdom and his purposes start here on this planet in our time and through our lives. And then there is a reward on that. And that's what we've talked about, these different rewards. Here's the last reward I want to discuss in the series. Reward number five, crown number five, the crown of life. And this is for enduring. This is grace and through grace. We are only able to hold on to Jesus because he's holding on to us. We're only able to endure in our faith because he's given us faith. So even our effort and even our ability to endure doesn't come from us. It's a gift from God. But we need to hear this as we're exercising our will. In connection with his leadership and within within connection with the gospel. We know that there is a reward beyond salvation for those of us who endure tough times and endure persecution. I believe through my study of of church history, and yeah, that's like 2,000 years of studying, so you you only know a lot about history until you meet the next guy or girl who knows a whole lot more than you. Uh, So, 2,000 years, I mean, church history, that is the history of Western civilization and and really the whole globe. Uh, I I believe, though, that at every single time since Jesus ascended to heaven, there's been persecution on the globe for the sake of the gospel. And there there have have been people dying for the name of Jesus. We are blessed to be in this country where that's not the case, and I pray it never is. And I think we partner with the Lord to make sure it's not. But we, we are blessed To be in this country where, uh, for the most part, there may be some isolated cases, but there hasn't been a mass persecution of people losing their lives uh, because of the name of Jesus. And may it not happen in the future. It could, but I hope it doesn't. I say all of this that throughout the history of the church, someone has always been giving up their life for Jesus. And then we give up smaller parts of our life. Sometimes we have career hits. Um, Some people lose connections with family members. Some people have social isolation because of the name of Jesus. And I want you to hear through this reward through the crown of life that this is the way of the gospel. And that when you go through persecution and you go through suffering and when you go through hard times, it's not an indication that you're doing something wrong. Sometimes it's an indication you're doing something right. The Apostle James, excuse me, let's start with, with Matthew, I'm sorry. Uh, let's start with Jesus. That's always a good place to start, right? Let's start with Jesus. This is what Jesus reminded us in the sermon, during the Sermon on the Mount, which is a sermon he, he probably gave several different times and places, part of the core of who he was. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil, against you because of me. Can I just say something here? here? Here, if you're part of the culture of the South, the Southeast part of America, Southern people get really offended really quick. You know, they, they, it's like they, they, they're ready to fight really, really fast if they're insulted or if you insult mama, then they're really ready to fight. And, and sometimes we just kind of accept this as kind of like a church subculture and all this. So it's really interesting. Sociologists have, have looked at this region traditionally. I know things have changed because we've got people from all over the country and world here now. But this region traditionally has, has been a form of the honor, shame culture and ready to fight. You know, I mean, people will be so nice to you. and Next thing you know, they're ready to go. They're ready to fight out of nowhere. And so we actually honor people who fight quickly. That, those are the people we tend to honor. Jesus says, "No, you're actually blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me." And so, understanding that that when we are insulted because of Jesus, that we're under a blessing. Right. Verse twelve says, "Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven." So there's the word reward. The reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I think for some of you who have been persecuted for the name of Jesus, you're going to get to heaven, and and God's going to welcome you to the kingdom and all the good things that happens. And then he'll say, hey, there's a Jeremiah. Go hang out with him for a while. He was persecuted too. Y'all get to know each other. This is what the scripture say. It is that just like the prophets in the past have been persecuted. So we're part of a people that are sometimes persecuted. And when we are persecuted, we shouldn't, we shouldn't like crumble. We shouldn't get mad at God. We shouldn't just act like this is the worst thing that's ever happened. We should say, okay, yeah, we're part of the company of prophets. And, and, and it's going to be okay if there's some persecution. There's a really pop out a lot, but it goes back to a philosopher, the original quote. And here's a quote. It's it's worth thinking about again. The essential things in heaven and earth. I'll see if we have that. We may not have that. We don't have that quote. Well, I'll just read it next service then. Okay. We'll just go on. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. Because if I read it to you, you guys will be like, that just sounded like a haughty toddy quote without reading it. I don't know what it it meant. James 1, 2, and 4. James is a brother of Jesus. James is a brother of Jesus. And he said, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Because you know that the testing of your faith will produce endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete lacking nothing. So let endurance have its full effect. Now look at verse 12. Here's a key verse. Verse 12. Blessed is the one who endures trials, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. There it is. The reward of life that God has promised to those who love him. Jesus referred to this reward. His brother James made it implicit here that there is for those who are persecuted There is a reward. Now we'll go to Revelation. Revelation chapter 2, starting with verse 8. Write to the angel. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8. Write to the angel of the church in Smyrna. Thus says the first and the last, the one who was dead and came to life. I know your affliction and poverty, but you are rich. This is talking to a specific church in real time. I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Wow, think about that phrase. Don't be afraid about what you're about to suffer. Look, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison to test you, and you will experience affliction for 10 days. Be faithful to the point of death, and I will give you... The crown of life. This is the reward that Jesus gives to us. Guys, I don't want you to go through tough times. I don't want to go through tough times. I'm not necessarily looking for tough times. I I like times of peace. I like times of shalom. And scripture talks about times of shalom and times of peace. Persecution is, is usually temporary it's usually a season. Suffering is always going to be temporary because when Jesus returns, all suffering will be eradicated and all suffering will be gone. So that's why we have great hope for tomorrow. But I want you to hear this. When you're persecuted and when you suffer, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It could mean sin in some cases. I know that. But if you have repented of sin and you're walking in fellowship with the light, you're walking in submission to the word, you're in step with the spirit, and you're still suffering, you're still in a time of persecution, Jesus has a reward for you. He is holding that reward. The crown of life are for those who are willing to give their lives for Jesus. You're willing to give it up for Jesus. And as we look into Revelation, we can see the book of Revelation identifies things that have occurred and are occurring and things that will occur. And so we have faith for today and faith for tomorrow. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse verse 7. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels also fought the dragon as Satan. But look at this scripture. I put this on social media last week. Verse eight, but he could not prevail. Satan and the dragon could not prevail. Can we say amen to that? Amen. There was no place for them in heaven any longer. So this could have been them that were cut out or cut up or whatever the case is. So the great dragon was thrown out, the ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, salvation and power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have now come. Look at this. Because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them day and night before our God has been thrown down. Now look at this part because this is about you. The scripture. Let's, let's just stay if we can keep the back door closed just for a second. I'm going to let all the kids in just in a couple of minutes. They conquered him by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did on the cross, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the point of death. Listen, guys, this is the story that has happened, is happening, and will happen. That we're going to overcome the dragon who is called Satan. The one who accuses you. The one who talks about your weaknesses, that talks about your bad habits, that reminds you of your failures, that reminds you of something you did in the past. And he keeps on giving you an identity that is not the identity that God has. We overcome him, first of all, by Jesus, by the blood of the lamb, by what he did on the cross, by what he did at the resurrection. And then we overcome him because we have a story. We have a testimony. That's not just something that's just in a book only. It's not something that's a myth or a legend or something that is a part of our culture. It's a reality in our lives. We are living out this truth. Christ died and Christ resurrected and Christ coming again. This is my story. As the hymn said, this is my story. This is my song praising my Savior all the days long, all the day long. I have a testimony. I have a testimony because Jesus has impacted my life. So they overcame him, verse verse 11 says, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, which we're about to see in water baptism, and they did not love their lives to the point of death. Meaning this, they were willing, willing to give up their life for Jesus. I want to say to you guys, you guys have that type of love. You guys have that type of resolve. You guys have that determination. You listen, you read the stories in the Bible of the men and women who did great things for God and they seem legendary. They seem distant. They seem different. But the scripture says they were men and women just like you. They had their tough times. They had their anxious moments. They wondered sometimes how they were going to provide for their family. Uh, They had even questions about God, but yet they remained faithful and they remained true and they endured. And I want you to know this, that there is more in you than you think, that you're gonna encounter something in the future that's gonna pull something out of you. It's the greatness of God in you. You're not gonna shrink back. You're not gonna step back. You're gonna rise up to the occasion. You're gonna say the right thing. You're gonna be the right person. You're going to step into that situation with the power and the authority of Jesus Christ because he has started the work in you. You have overcome the accuser. You've overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb. You've overcome him by the word of your testimony. It's the song you sing at church. It's the devotional you have in the morning or at the late night. It is the time you come to the table of the Lord. It's the time you come into the water, baptismal waters, and and you make the public profession. You overcome him by the word of your testimony and we will not love our lives so much to exchange it for what the evil one has. We will not love our lives so much to hide when tough times come. We will step in to what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be. Amen to that? There's a crown of life. Praise God.